Welcome to Power Up, a podcast show hosted by Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio that brings life to some of the stories on power electronics technologies and products featured on powerelectronicsnews.com and through other Aspencore media publications. In this show, you'll hear both engineers and executives discuss news, challenges and opportunities for power electronics in markets such as automotive, industrial and consumer. Here is your host, Editor-in-Chief of PowerElectronicsNews.com and EEWeb.com, Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio. Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of PowerUp. Today we will talk about engineered substrates, how to scale GAN technology to higher voltages. Gallium nitride, or GAN, power devices have shown better switching frequencies, higher power densities, and higher power conversion efficiency with more straightforward topologies when compared to traditional silicon devices. Power adapters are a common consumer product, and solar inverters and data center power supply are common industrial uses. In this podcast with Sam Bacheri, CEO and President of QROMIS, we will talk about a novel strategy for expanding GAN's produ- production capacity in a non-silicon fabrication facility to improve its application space, enable monolithic integration, and boost wafer diameters. Sam has spent more than 30 years in material science and semiconductor technologies with various executive leadership and managerial positions. Currently, he is the founder and the president and CEO of the privately held company QROMIS, Santa Clara, California. He holds more than 275 patents and a PhD degree in material science and engineering. Let's talk with Sam. Hi, Sam. Thanks a lot for being here at the Power Up podcast. How are you? Good. Thanks, Maurizio. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks. Thank you. So where are you located, Sam? Tell us more about your experience. Uh, sure. Um, and uh, first of all, thanks, Maurizio. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, and also echo some, you know, the uh, perspectives from Promise site. Uh, yeah, we are located in uh, our headquarters in Silicon Valley in Santa Clara, California. And um, uh, we are privately held um, an emerging growth company. And also we have uh, two manufacturing locations with our partners in Japan and also in Taiwan under the license from Chromis. Um, um, yeah, my my experience is, uh, as you probably mentioned earlier too, that uh, in semiconductor industry for more than 30 years, uh, including memory, uh, and the wideband gap semiconductors largely in the, you know, 30 plus years, um, and about 20 plus years in both silicon carbide and gallium nitride. Um, but over the last 10, 15 years, uh, mostly focusing on gallium nitride, um, you know, the material. So, um, because of my background also close proximity into this, you know, the wideband gap field, um, mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I had the pleasure to see the ignition of uh, critical segments by these two materials, like light emitting diodes, um, and then power conversion and also RF. 
applications, you know, with both materials that how it penetrates. So it was a great pleasure and experience to see that, you know, how it evolves and being still continues to evolve. Yeah. So wide band gap. Let's start uh, with, let's focus on GAN. So may you briefly explain the advantages of GAN power devices over traditional silicon devices? Yeah, so <clears throat> it's very fundamental and, um, you know, if you look at the, you know, the gallium nitride starting from its atomic structure um, and the composition, it's, um, it's fascinating material, similar to silicon carbides or other, you know, the wide band gap materials. So, uh, very fundamental um, materials properties start with higher band gap um, and higher el- critical electric fields, uh, electron mobility, high thermal conductivity, and high operating temperature. So they are all surrounding this, you know, this uh, material and um, and how it equates to, you know, for power specific to power, it's voltage scalability and uh, high power efficiency and power density and with minimal losses and also high, you know, switching frequencies. So, and they all, again, you know, evolve like, uh, you know, in this uh, direction that in, in terms of applications or the customers in power, uh, they want always, of course, uh, lower bomb costs and efficiency and higher power density in a given form factor. So, Gallium nitride uh, is definitely a contender with its, you know, this fundamental properties. So with that, end users or customers like us, that we want always something smaller, lighter, more efficient, and um, and uh, you know, um, uh, much fascinating, you know, the speed and all such like in in terms of end applications. So gallium nitride, you know, starting from fundamental properties all the way to that end user experience. Uh, brings those advantages over silicon. Um, so that's the, you know, the, I, I think the main advantage of carbon nitride over silicon. So the, the challenge to commercialize the, the full promise of wideband gap semiconductors such as gallium nitride, as, uh, as you mentioned, but also silicon carbide is to reduce the manufacturing cost, improve performance and unlock new applications by enabling uh, access to advanced state-of-art semiconductor process and device technologies. Which is your strategy? As you said in our uh, recent interview, the principal problem to solve is uh, overcome the large coefficient of thermal expansion, CT mismatch, between GAN and the, the host silicon wafer, which is uh, commonly used to create uh, the uh, the GAN power devices in particular for consumer? Yeah, um, yeah, very good question. Actually, that, um, um, we are somewhat unique on that, that, uh, as the company promised that, um, we don't address only one specific item about gallium nitride, like uh, a specific device or one attribute of the application, but, uh, we, we, what our strategy is to create a platform uh, for all device manufacturers to basically unlock the, this full promise of gallium nitride. So, which is voltage scalability, uh, diameter scalability, economies of scale, ease of epitaxy process, and substrate manufacturability in a CMOS fab, not in a different operation. And, mm-hmm. um, 
breakage-free environments and semi-spec and CMOS fab compatible. So if you look at all this, you know, this entire list is quite comprehensive. And, um, and, um, in wideband gap semiconductors, I mean, that most of the materials and especially, you know, gallium nitride, unfortunately, is only scalable uh, to a certain extent on non-native substrates. Uh, because of the high cost of gallium nitride substrate. So, uh, so with that, there is silicon, there is sapphire, there is silicon carbide on different, you know, the substrate materials for gallium nitride to uh, basically address uh, the market, you know, the demand. Uh, however, um, uh, that leads to uh, uh, quite complexities in the industry. Although very successful, you know, achievements and and you know commercial, you know, the uh, solutions right out there right now, but it doesn't address you know all these key attributes for gallium nitride to be adapted much more than what we have today. So. So our approach uh, was to unlock this equation and that goes to like if you just peel that onion that it goes back to, you know, a substrate and gallium nitride, you know, the interaction. So there's definitely a lattice mismatch issue. Um, it's been around in the industry for many years with non-native substrates, but it's been largely solved uh, by careful interface engineering, dislocation management and all such. So that's been out there and in my opinion, it's quite successful. But what remained is, um, this, the bigger issue is the thermal expansion mismatch of gallium nitride and non-native substrate. So, and, you know, pretty much they don't want to stay together, um, because of the, you know, that large mismatch. Um, so that leads to, um, non-semi-spec substrates, dedicated process lines, uh, vapor breakage or GAN cracking, and limited scalability for voltage and also for different device architectures. So it's been all limited because of that fundamental issue. Uh, so uh, our approach has, uh, was basically to uh, address, you know, this fundamental issue and unlock the entire the list of, you know, the items for manufacturers. So, and that's, uh, that's how we come up with the solution called QST from Substrate Technology, which is um, very closely matched CTE to gallium nitride. So with that, uh, a wafer breakage-free uh, solution is out there now, and which is voltage-scalable, diameter-scalable, CMOS, fat friend, and semi-spec. So, so that's, uh, that's going to uh, definitely shift the adoption for gallium nitride in a much faster way in our opinion, and also uh, the other important aspect is, of course, the cost, that uh, this QST substrate is pretty much like an SOI cost, and especially if internally made, you know, the substrates are much, uh, you know, much more economically and also, you know, uh, cheaper than SOI substrates. Thank you. So talking about uh, QST, um, let's understand... How does QST ensure thermal stability, uh, stress, etc.? What benefit uh, it can offer for device uh, performance, but also how does QST address the challenges of scaling and performance of conventional substrate for wideband gap uh, semiconductor and the impact uh, that uh, can have, will have on the semiconductor industry? 
yes, so uh, the impact is uh, very clear that um, since um, it's terminal stable and and the both Metes Garden and QSD, they stay, uh, you know, very stable in the entire mm-hmm. process, you know, from epitaxy to through the back end. And that opens a, you know, a huge um, advantage for gallium nitrate industry because there is no breakage, uh, there is no line yield for gang cracking or any other issues. And plus, it opens the path for higher voltage. Uh, that uh, you can it can extend to 1200 volt, 1800 volts, or even beyond. And also, um, it enables um, wafer level monolithic integrated circuits, which is uh, you know in our minds that you know that's one of the other holy grails of gallium nitrate, which can bring uh, to the power industry that's much more efficient solutions, smarter solutions, and in a much you know smaller footprint, um, so which equates to lower bomb cost. And uh, talking about. Uh Architecture, so what kind of device architectures and uh, performance target are compatible with QST? And uh, how does uh, can, uh, it can compare to other uh, substrate in terms of versatility? Um, yeah, good question. So um, since, um, you know, these uh, three important vector- vectors are um, now open with QST platform that uh, one is economies of scale, the other one is performance scale, and third one is application scale. So if you put all these three together, um, it's mm-hmm. a it's a basically a decision for the uh, device manufacturers depending on the applications or you know the targets, um, you know the performance. So with that, from very low voltage to very high power. Uh, there is a degrees of freedom for either lateral hemp, like typical hemp today, uh, or pseudo-lateral um, devices, that which is a step towards vertical devices, and also enables vertical devices, which are, you know, another holy grail, which is, you know, an area that's, in my opinion, critical for gallium nitride, uh, for not only for cost, but also for performance and reliability. And also, like uh, I mentioned before, wafer-level monolithic ICs uh, because of the way that the substrate is constructed, that devices are fully isolated. An important uh, thing to, to consider here, in my, in my opinion, is uh, collaboration. So collaboration with the research institutions and other companies. So how, how important is collaboration with other companies and research institutions for advancing the development of uh, Again, power devices. So do you have uh, in progress uh, in the future some uh, collaborations? Yeah, thank you. And um, actually, to be honest, uh, the foundation of Chromis uh, was based on collaborations and partnerships. Um, by being a fabulous company, that, um, and which the, that's the direction that we chose. And instead of being an IDM or captive, you know, the business, uh, we decided to be fabulous and, you know, construct everything based on the partnerships from day one. Uh, so we have a um, large number of collaborations uh, globally from academic level to commercial level. And um, and the good example is, um, and also the, uh, in, in other words, uh, a success point, uh, in my opinion, is um, is the, our collaboration with uh, Vanguard International Semiconductors, you know, the foundry. Um, so uh, the Vanguard's um, um, 
from ground zero, from no GAN experience to commercial device release mm-hmm. within a few years. It's a very good example of our you know, collaboration. That and also the how QST makes it easy for an entity which has no experience with GAN, but in a few years. Uh, with least challenges in terms of, uh, again, all the attributes that we discussed about QSD being in the CMOS fab, same spec, and it runs next to silicon line, um, and low cost, um, that's, uh, that's a success story in my opinion. And which, you know, as you know, Vanguard recently released, uh, first 650 volt emote devices based on QSD, 8 inch. And they became, uh, you know, very quickly first founder in the world with 8-inch GAN foundry services, uh, with uh, with a great success. So, so and another collaboration that we have is, uh, which is more public, also that uh, with Shinetsu uh, Chemical in Japan, uh, that under our license, that they make QST substrates and AP wafers uh, for the entire industry and for global customers. And we have many others, um, and uh, other public ones like IMEC. We've been working with them uh, very closely, and IMEC is opening the next generation, uh, the path for the device players, with from vertical devices to high voltage, 1200 volt to ICs. And uh, on top, uh, we have, of course, uh, many other collaborations at IDM's level uh, for basically tuning their products and performance and also helping them to switch to 8-inch or eventually 12-inch platform with Quest. Great. So, Sam, last one uh, uh, in conclusion. How do you see the future of GAN-powered uh, devices and their impact? on the power electronics industry? Uh, yeah, the, I see a very bright future, and, you know, based on what we are seeing today, and it changed quite a bit over the last 10 years, of course, and it's coming, you know, behind silicon carbide, you know, gallium nitride, in terms of achievement, investments, or attention, and now uh, with uh, more manufacturable platforms like QSD is going to definitely fuel gallium nitride uh, because of its, you know, very key attributes like high switching frequency and and uh, efficiency and high power density. So uh, it will dramatically change, and not only gallium nitride but silicon carbide. That, uh, in my view, um, it doesn't happen very frequently in power such shifts or changes, and it's not easy. Uh, it's not like other semiconductor technologies, like every year or two, that, you know, even very fundamental architectures can change. But in power, it's, uh, this wave is, uh, we are lucky to see this and, you know, experiencing that. So it's going to make uh, our planet greener, better and more efficient. And also, uh, ultimately, customers speak and they will enjoy yep. smaller, lighter, faster, you know, the solutions, higher range, electric vehicles and all such. So, um, but it will all come um, and eventually also like, and even starting now, uh, my personal opinion and experience in semiconductor industry that, um, that foundry economics is very key. I mean, for mm-hmm. both materials. Um, uh, because there were some other technologies, not only wideband gap, but if it stays or they stay only at IDM level or captive, it's very difficult uh, to scale and also being uh, accepted by now large customers, especially mm-hmm. electric vehicles or such, uh, that uh, foundry economics and the foundry network and ecosystem is very key. 
and that's how I will, that's how I see in the future for GAN that that's going to, mm. um, expand, uh, more and more. And uh, after that, we will all enjoy low cost and uh, high efficient products. Super. Thanks, Sam. It's been a pleasure to, to have you at uh, Power Up. Thank you for joining us at Power Up. Likewise, Mauricio. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned. That brings us to the end of this episode. Stay tuned with more news and technical aspects about power electronics. If you are listening to this on the podcast page at eetimes.com or powerelectronicsnews.com, links to articles on topics we have discussed are shown on this page. Power Up is brought to you by Aspen Core Media. The host is Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio and the producer is James Ede.